At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, and with me is Ron Hicks. We're going to unpack several important bills in the Kentucky legislature today. Ron, it's great to have you on the program. It's always fun to be here, Richard. I love to be able to talk about these things. Um, uh, Through the years of our friendship, you have uh, educated me tremendously on a lot of these bills. And um, your organization, one of the the, the beautiful things about it is – I mean, this is this is what you love doing mm-hmm. to be able to get in here, unpack these things. Yeah, yeah. I would venture to say that most people don't share your passion uh, f- for. I mean, uh, so wait, are you calling? Just yeah, you're not, clear, can, I, Am I just a little crazy, <laughs> you're, you're a little, little weird? Bit, yeah, but okay, but just the beautiful make, thing about this is you you love to be able to get in, find out the nuts and the bolts and 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 uh, the motivations behind these bills, and you let folks like myself know, yeah. hey, this is what our legislation are considering. Here's numbers. If you if you want to call, let your opinion be known, and and um, and 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 so I I love uh, what the Commonwealth Policy Center does, and for years I've leaned on you yeah. uh, to be able to find out you know what's going on with our with our elected officials, and so yeah, you if know, folks wanted to to find out yeah. more about it, just let's let's do a, a shameful or an unashamed um, plug for. <laughs> For the Commonwealth Policy Center, how can folks find out more information about you? How can they support you guys and and those sort of things? Yeah, of course, the easiest way is to go to our website, Mm commonwealthpolicycenter.org, and you'll find various resources. We've got a blog. We've got radio programs. We've got opinion pieces. Uh, We have a place where you can sign up to get our e-newsletter as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So you can go to commonwealthpolicycenter.org. The most recent one came out just yesterday, right? It did. Mm -hmm. It did, Mm -hmm. which goes out to thousands of people across the Mm -hmm. state. And if you're interested in keeping abreast of what's going on in Frankfurt or with other cultural events uh, here in Kentucky, issues, news, that kind of thing from a biblical worldview, you can sign up to get our e-newsletter. Just go to CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org, mm-hmm. and you can uh, get our. You'll get that sent to you once a month. We promise not to inundate you with too many uh, emails, and promise not to sell it to a telemarketer sure, right. either. Well, so what? 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 House bills, what Senate bills are you guys tracking right now? What needs to be on our radar screen as well? So the legislature is in session. The state House and state Senate are meeting in Kentucky. Is that an alarm that you're sounding That's an alarm. What did Will Rogers say so many years ago? Neither man nor beast is safe when Congress is in session. Kind of applies to the state level too, right? So literally there are hundreds and hundreds of bills Mm -hmm. that have been proposed. And some of these are fairly good ideas and some are just flat out bad ideas. Okay. And one of the things Commonwealth Policy Center does, as you said earlier, is we track these bills. We keep an eye on what's going on in Frankfurt to alert the people of sure. Kentucky. Because, uh, Ron, bottom line is that this is our Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. We are citizens here. We should care about what they're doing in Frankfurt. And uh, we should have an Im- uh, some impact. We should let our voices be heard. If there's a if there's a bad law, they need to hear from us. And we're going to talk about a few bad laws in a minute. If there's a good law that needs our support, well, we need to... Let them know that as well. well what's and, your plumb bob? What do you? What do you? Use? Is it just your opinion? What you? You know, hey, I think this is a great idea. I don't think this is a great idea. Um, it, it's going to benefit us financially. What? What? What is? What is the? 
what's the other side of the scale? What yeah. Do you, what do you balance Hey, that's it? a really, really good question. Because if it's just my opinion I'm bringing into it or my preferences or what might help my business, mm-hmm. those are the, the wrong markers sure. by which to judge okay. the, the goodness or badness of a mm-hmm. bill. Mm-hmm. But uh, I look at a couple, a couple of different markers. The, the most fundamental, the basic one is does it line up with Scripture? Mm. Is this something that lines up with the truth of God's Word? Does mm-hmm. it line up with the truth of what's right and wrong for a society? That's the major marker. Okay. That's the most important. The mm-hmm. second one is I look at the human level. Does this affirm the dignity of every human being? Okay. Does this uphold the basic human rights that each of us have? And by the way, that idea was once known as uh, as liberalism or support of a liberal democracy. That term That's isn't how we use it. It's been the opposite <laughs> yeah, side. Right, right. But you know, the, it, the, it, we became known as a liberal democracy around the time of the founding fathers when they um, had this notion that the government was there to serve the people. The government was there to uphold human rights. Therefore, it was limited. Mm-hmm. The power of the people was expansive and influential. That's why they had freedom of speech. That's why they protected freedom of religion, the freedom to assemble, the freedom to protect themselves with, uh, with weapons. The, the power of the people was a whole new notion at the time of the founding mm-hmm. era, mm-hmm. some 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that so liberalism in that context, yeah, they liberalized. Government was strong mm-hmm. and it was all powerful mm-hmm. and it really encroached on these realms of human rights. But the founding fathers said, no, we're going to maximize uh, what humans can do through the power of speech or assembly or the press. And uh, so, so getting back to what I said about affirming human dignity that is the 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 one of the ways that we look at it is there a bill that will affirm human dignity does it uphold human rights does it support first amendment freedoms mm-hmm. freedom of speech freedom mm-hmm. of religion freedom of assembly freedom of press okay the right to redress your government those are the f- five basic freedoms we have mm-hmm. and that's how we look at these issues oh good. Ron, if we're not if we're not vigilant mm-hmm. look this might be like kind of like watching paint dry, as exciting as watching paint dry, <laughs> keeping an eye on the legislature. But we need to be vigilant. Sure. We need to be mindful that they're dealing with issues that impact all of us. Well, we learned at a young age, with freedoms comes responsibility. First time you get the car keys from mom or dad, and, you know, you got the lecture. Okay, look, this is a privilege, <laughs> you know. Uh, so with, with uh, you know, with responsibility, with freedoms come uh, a tremendous amount of responsibility. One of the responsibilities is keeping track of all this. That's right. Keeping- so tell us, what. Uh, jump right in. House yeah. Bill 136. What, yeah, what is this so this about? is a very controversial bill. House Bill 136 would legalize what is called medical marijuana. There's an effort to legalize this marijuana uh, without really having an FDA study or FDA approval. Mm-hmm. And uh, I talked to the bill sponsor, by the way, okay. just the other week, Jason mm-hmm. Nemus, who says, look, there's a lot of people that could benefit by using marijuana. I said, Jason, to me, this bill seems like it's a tail wagging the dog because I don't see the research out there. At least right. it's not been approved by the FDA. Uh, and under his bill, uh, it's a patient that feels that they could benefit from marijuana use. And if they find a doctor that agrees that they could benefit from marijuana use, that prescription could be written. Hmm. And in the past, the way we've always done medicine is this. 
you do research. It's always been research-driven. Find out the upside, the downside, the side effects, right. and see what kind of what kind of impact it's going to have on the patient. And then it's prescribed by a doctor. The doctor determines who needs what particular drug. There are various kinds of drugs to deal with various issues. Mm-hmm. But it's the doctor that determines it. This, As opposed to the patient coming yeah, in and saying, this, hey, I think I need uh, this or that. Okay, This seems backwards, Ron, where it's the patient in collaboration with the doctor. And they both say, yeah, I might be able to. I feel like I need it. The doctor says, yeah, maybe. And we'll prescribe it without knowing the long-term impacts, especially I'm thinking on our young people. Mm-hmm. What about a 19-year-old mm-hmm. that uh, might have some real issues? But should a 19-year-old really be in the driver's seat to determine what medicine they need to address whatever it might be PTSD or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it might be Ron. Mm-hmm. So this is a this is a huge issue of concern. For me I've actually challenged the uh the bill sponsor to a debate on this issue we're working out the details and mm-hmm. I do uh do look forward to debating him. You know what I I I I hear this quite frequently when you're talking about m- medical marijuana or whatever people say well you know if we're waiting on the FDA then it's going to take forever. Um, we have a, a family in our church who's uh, got some kids that were waiting for uh, FDA approval of some, of some medication. And so instead of saying, well, let's work real hard to try to shore up and, and change the laws and the restrictions of the FDA, they they'll, let's try to circumvent all that by passing. So it's like their focus is in the wrong spot. Yeah, so, hold, okay. hold that thought. We all need right, to yeah. take a quick break, sure. and we'll be back in just a minute. At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to The Commonwealth Matters. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson. With me is Ron Hicks, and we are talking about important legislation in the Kentucky General Assembly. And Ron, just before the break, mm-hmm. we're talking about the push to legalize medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. And my concern with this bill is that it seems to open the door to recreational marijuana. It seems to be the first step in that in that it, taking place. It, isn't it? Yeah. it, it does, and yeah. and you know there are no there's no FDA approval. Uh, there's no study that looks at the long-term health effects on young people, especially teenagers. Well, in House Bill 136, mm-hmm. maybe in response to House Bill 137, um, <laughs> it, it may be people need recreational marijuana to cover up the pain of losing the money uh, that they're gambled on professional and collegiate sports. Yeah, <laughs> House Bill 137, yeah. that's right, sponsored by Adam Koenig of Northern Kentucky, mm-hmm. which would set up a regulatory structure for sports betting in Kentucky. Oh, well, that's all we need is the government regulating <clears throat> betting now. Sure, that's right, exactly that, it works. Yeah, sure. well, the, one of the arguments is that uh, we need to keep out organized crime. They're betting right now <laughs> illegally. We, we want to keep out organized crime, and we're going to tax it. So let's do this. We, they, some are saying they can get, state can get twenty some million in taxes, maybe more. Don't you love it? Um, well, then let's legalize prostitution. Yeah, you know. Well, if that's your if that's your main marker 
for whether or not a policy is good. Yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot yeah. of things we could legalize. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you could legalize hard drugs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then tax. Let's it. just tax it, regulate it, sure. Um, and yeah, so they want to expand gambling. You know, the the forget the moral issue for just a second. I realize that's impossible because we can't set aside our 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 convictions, but. Um, Kentuckians think about all the promises that have been made through the years yeah. about how gambling is going to change education. Yeah. Simple question. Has it? Yeah. Have we risen way up in the rankings of the States as far as education goes? No, no. Um, have, have talked to any school teacher. Has there been a huge influx of money into the, into the classrooms because of expanded gambling? No. That's right. So all the promises that come with expanded gambling have, have well, they've, they've, there's a hole in the bottom of the bucket. They don't hold water. And so if we're being promised all these things again, you know, there's this old expression, don't pour something on my head and tell me it's raining. Uh, and that's what, they're, that's what they're doing. And the people are getting soaked. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, this is a mm-hmm. – gambling is, is a matter of public policy. Mm-hmm is foolish public policy. We have state legislators that should act as a firewall to keep out predatory businesses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gambling in its various forms is predatory mm-hmm. because the way oh, that the casinos win or the sports betting people win is with people losing their money. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing is, Ron, is that people aren't getting anything in return. There's no goods. There's no service. It's just this chance. It's endorphins, right. Fu- what is it, endorphins? Yeah, yeah. They're getting this good feeling once they mm-hmm. place the bet and they're hoping and they're, you know, all their desire is, man, I'm going to win this mm-hmm. and this is going to mm-hmm. help all my financial problems. Well, it's a bunch of baloney. I wonder it if causes could... more problems. Sure. And, and th- there's another aspect of this I'm going to talk about in a minute. But I would argue that gambling in its various forms causes more problems than any good that it brings into a community. Oh, I would agree. And I, we could just ask the state how how much of the pension Kentucky pension plan, uh, what percentage of that do they invest in gambling? Oh, I mean, do yeah. they do they take a portion of that and buy lottery tickets? Hey, Ron, don't tempt them. The oh, wait, pension might system be... is bad enough. We don't need them. To... That was kind of an easy one, wasn't yeah, it? But I uh, mean, go to any financial advisor and say, what percentage of my income should oh, I no. use? To gamble with. That's right. Nobody They're, would. No. And they'd be fired. Look, if, right. any, if, if your personal financial advisor were to gamble some of your retirement portfolio, Mm-mm. they'd be out of there in a minute. Right. And yet the state is banking some of its tax revenue on the idea that, hey, let's expand gambling. Let's open it up on sports betting. We'll get some of the revenue. Good good income string. Wrong. It Really, it's not because people, it's people are having to lose. Mm-hmm. Some of those people will develop a serious addiction, yes. which will come back to haunt not just that person and their family, but it will come back to the state where the state will have to pick up the tab because of their addiction issues. A previous governor in the state of Kentucky came out when they were first started, I say first started, when I was became aware of the, the real push for expanded gambling. And they said Kentuckians lose $600 million a year to neighboring states. Yeah. Um, Let's go ahead and have gambling here so that we could benefit from that. So, um, uh, what I heard was uh, instead of the bully beating yeah. up your little brother and taking yeah. the lunch money, you beat him up. That way, the lunch money stays in the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it was that. an admission that people are losing. Yeah, and yeah. why would we want more people to lose? Because yeah. when you bring casino gambling closer to home or any form of gambling closer to home, more people are going to do it. Absolutely. Ron, well, listen. What to, else we got? Well, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, listen sorry, to this. Yeah, one more, one more yeah. statement I want to share with the former congressman by the name of Tom McMillan. He authored the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act in 1992, 
That was the bill that banned sports betting nationwide uh, for mm. all sports, but mm. that was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2018. But this is what former Congressman Tom McMillan said. Legalization of sports betting in Kentucky raises a whole level of risk. There is a 100% probability of a scandal, mm-hmm. and Kentucky has had that history right. in the past. So right. that's where we're going. If you want to mm-hmm. see the corruption of your sport, if you want to see the downfall of individuals that develop an addiction to gambling, we'll open the door to gambling expansion. House Bill 137 is a bad idea. Okay. Did pass out a committee, mm-hmm. and it could be heard on the House floor anytime soon. I want to give out a number, Ron, for yeah. anybody interested in these ish, in these bills or would like to call and register their opinion on these bills, you can call the legislative message line. Tell the person who you are, your address, and you just want to ask your legislator. This is to verify you're a Kentucky resident. That's right. And they'll mm-hmm. ask you for that information, sure. by the mm-hmm. way. And you just simply say, hey, please tell my legislators to oppose any expansion of gambling in Kentucky. And you don't even have to know, you, you don't have to know who your legislator is. Now, you should, but if you don't, you just say, I live in this county, That's and right. they can say, these are your elected officials. They, and so they yeah. will find out. Mm-hmm. They will tell you who they are, and they will Very relay your message. people on the other end. I've talked to them many times before. Uh, I, most of them have a grandmotherly type of a voice. <laughs> <laughs> so they're very, uh, they're, they're, uh, very, very nice. Yeah. Um, so you so. can call 800 372 7181. That's 800 372 7181. The message line is open from 8 in the morning to 11 p.m. in the evening Eastern Time and call on any number of issues that we talk about this morning. Register your opinion with your state legislators. Now, the Kentucky Constitution actually bans many forms of gambling, many, many forms of gambling. Oh, yeah. So the whole thought is it has to expand gambling. It has to be a constitutional amendment. But there's, there's other things, that legislation now, that, this, that uh, they're talking about constitution. One is about abortion. It what, is. Do we, and do we have time to we, we're gonna, that We will break? unpack that okay. in a minute. But there is a proposal to amend the Kentucky Constitution to restrict uh, some aspects of abortion. But we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a minute. Hi, this is Richard Nelson with the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, and I want to thank you for listening to the Commonwealth Matters Our goal is to help you better understand the important issues of the day, the issues of life, marriage, and religious liberty. But that isn't all we do. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is working to educate legislators and policymakers about these bedrock values so they can defend them while serving in Frankfurt. We are in regular conversations with state leaders on both sides of the aisle, encouraging them to uphold what Kentuckians like you value. But we need your help. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit group that only exists by the grace of God and the generosity of its donors. Would you consider a donation today to the Commonwealth Policy Foundation so that our work might continue? Please visit our website at commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org. There you'll find some easy ways you can help us accomplish this important work. Again, go to commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org and consider a gift today. And thanks in advance for any help you can offer. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, and with me is Ron Hicks. We are unpacking 
A number of important bills introduced by the Kentucky legislature for their 2020 session. Mm -hmm. And Ron, just before the break, you had mentioned a bill that would deal with the abortion issue in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Do you know the history of abortion? And by the way, it was 47 years ago this month that the U.S. Supreme Court legalized abortion on demand. That was the Roe v. Wade ruling. Right. They did not have any previous case that led them to that decision, nor was there anything in the Constitution that says abortion is a right. They essentially made it up. Mm-hmm. They, they looked into the they Constitution. They it to be able to fit the whole idea they, of life, liberty. And- yeah, they did. And, it, and they, uh, it, it was a law out of thin air. Well, here in Kentucky in 2020, a state representative from northern Kentucky by the name of Joe Fisher, he's one of the strongest pro-life advocates there, He is proposing an amendment to the Kentucky Constitution that simply says abortion is not a protected right under the Kentucky Constitution. I heard Joe speak the other week, and he said this bill will prevent Kentucky from having a Roe v. Wade ruling. Mm -hmm. And it just it makes it as plain as day to any judge that would be tempted to find this mysterious right to a constitution uh, or right in our constitution. Uh, it would just nip it in the bud. Mm-hmm. So this bill, we do not have a bill number for it yet. Okay. It's going to be proposed. So it's in soon. committee still? So, or, yeah. or, okay. It's in the process. And it would simply say abortion is not a protected right in the Kentucky Constitution. Secondly, it would prohibit any state funding mm. of abortion. Okay. Two good provisions. Absolutely. And this is something that the Commonwealth Policy Center will be supporting and we will keep you abreast right. of these issues. And mm-hmm. again, by the way, you gave it, we talked about this at the beginning of the program. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to get the Commonwealth Policy Center newsletter or email updates, go to our website, commonwealthpolicycenter.org, and you can sign up there. Mm-hmm. Again, it's Commonwealth Policy Center, just the name of our group, with a dot O-R-G at the end. Okay. And you can sign up to get the newsletter. Take us to another one. Ron, we have a bill that would protect the biological integrity of children. You might recall. What does that mean now? You're talking about well, cloning and, and We do need a bill. We probably need that? something on that. You're right. That yeah. would be a good thing. But this bill is from, uh, it's really a response to what happened in Texas last year where a mother wanted to do a gender transition mm. of her seven-year-old boy. Uh, okay. Perfectly healthy boy, right. but he began identifying as a female. In mm. fact, the mother, I, it, by all indications, was steering that boy I was say, is that the to one embrace. Where the, the mom was, the mom was dressing him up in dresses yeah. and yeah. changed the name of the boy, started right. calling the boy a different name. The father objected. Of course, this made national news. Sure. And the father, when the child was about to undergo hormone therapy, the father said, no. I remember that. He's a perfectly healthy male, born with all of his male parts. This is wrong to do. And the father was vilified in the media as being intolerant and not understanding and all the rest of that. I I remember that. And the mom was forward thinking and and all. That's how some of the media outlets portrayed it. So that was a bill that was addressed in the courts. I'm not Uh sure if there was resolution. Uh, I don't remember. There's one ruling that went in favor of the mother early on. Then there was a ruling that went in favor of the father. I think it's still being litigated. However, Uh here in Kentucky, one state representative by the name of Savannah Maddox from Mm -hmm. Grant County is putting forward a bill that would prevent adults or parents or caregivers of minor children 
prevent them from doing gender transitions, whether it's hormone therapy or a full sex change or sex reassignment surgery, as they call it. And this essentially is going to be called the Biological Protection of uh, Children's Act, Mm -hmm. uh, Biological Integrity of Children's Act. Uh, It's a common sense bill. Mm -hmm. Uh, This should get, there shouldn't be any controversy. This should be something where parents say, yeah, you know, Kids can't make that decision. They don't understand the implications that what they're deciding now will have affect them their whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's what this bill does. Okay. It right. doesn't restrict adults, but uh, it does restrict parents mm-hmm. from imposing this on the children. And I'm sure medical situations and all, all that all that's probably covered, you know, and yeah. um so That's right. There are okay. exceptions to yeah. this. Look, if there was a abnormality, sure. Um that's a whole different whole sure. different thing. We're not okay. talking about that. So what about Senate Bill 85 and House Bill 199? Yeah, we talked a little bit about this on a previous program. This is the ban on conversion therapy uh, for minors. Okay. And it's a broad-scale, widespread ban on any counseling that would counsel a young person away from their LGBT tendencies. Mm. And, uh, Ron, this is a bad idea. We we don't want the abusive aspects of oh, conversion therapy, sure. the radical types of conversion right. therapy. But to have a wholesale ban on pastoral counseling or Christian-based counseling is wrong, and that's why we are opposed uh, to that bill. That's Senate Bill 85 and House Bill 199. Okay, there's one that you and I were talking about prior to the show, and I don't know how— I don't know how I feel about this one. We were kind of unpacking it. Uh, the the equal number of Republicans and Democrats on human rights commissions. Yeah, um, uh, the human rights commissions. Many of the bigger cities have them, and they deal with human rights issues. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Hopkinsville, where we're doing this program, we actually have one, and I I happen to be the chair yeah. of the human rights commission. The, the thinking so. behind this is that some of the human rights commissions are skewed in a far left direction, okay. and the state senator sponsoring this thinks that there should be balance. Half mm-hmm. of the human rights members should be Republican, and half of them should be Democrat. And mm-hmm. a lot of this is dealing with the LGBT fairness ordinances, mm-hmm. the the elevating hum, you know LGBT to a human right. And if there was more of a political balance on these commissions, there might be some more balance as they apply or as they hear these proposals mm-hmm. and then apply the existing laws, existing fairness laws. Here's the beautiful thing about living in this country. Um, you and I agree on so, so much, yeah. but there's things that we don't necessarily see eye to eye on. And we can sit down have an intelligent sort of a conversation, sometimes just saying, OK, we don't really see eye to eye on That's this right. one. We can have civil discourse about it. Some people have a hard time being civil yeah. when you disagree. Yeah. Again, they resort to name calling and and all these other sort of things. Just because you don't agree with somebody doesn't mean you're attacking them as a person. You, you know, we we need to attack each other's ideas, That's and right. the attack is a harsh word. But um, if you can't defend your position, um, you know, sometimes you can defend it. I might change my mind. Yeah, having a civil conversation is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Discussing tough issues is a good thing. Absolutely. doesn't mean that uh, you're going to always agree. Right. It doesn't mean that you're going to like to hear what the other person has right. to say, but we need to have that. And that's Absolutely. partly what we're doing right now. Sure. We're having a discussion over some tough issues, yeah. uh, the issues that are being debated in our General Assembly. Ron, we are, are we out, out of time. time. Oh, no. uh, we're going to have to come back in the next program and talk about more yeah, of I the legislation. Yeah, I want to hear about the Sanctuary City ban, yeah. Senate Bill 1. Maybe you can, Sen- listeners, look that up yourself, Senate Bill 1. Sanctuary City Band. Yeah, that's one. And there's some others that we can talk about on the next program. Ron, thank you so much for joining me. Thank and you. Uh, God bless and have God a God bless day. you, listeners. Be careful out there.